Welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter. Ideas shape markets, ideas change the world. You know, one of the things we like to talk about in the great conversation is digital transformation and how different companies are experiencing that, leading it, uh, or constrained by it. And, um, and I, I really thought about that when it comes to security. One of the most uh, advantageous spots in digital transformation and the convergence of security with the business has been video surveillance technology. And there are some leaders in this space, leaders that have been talking about a complete view of, uh, of video surveillance within the enterprise and within security for quite some time. And I got the chance to meet up with Chris Miter, who not only has a system integration background, both employed and his own business, uh, but also um, is now working for a manufacturer called Salient. Chris, great having you on the great conversation today. Thanks, Ron. Thanks for having me. Looking what, forward to it. What an amazing background. Tell me about that ride a little bit from owning your own business, working for other integrators, and then moving to the manufacturing side of the business. Tell me about that journey. I think it, what, what it's done for me over the years, and it's, it's honestly 32 years, so that's a long time, right? Uh, started out with a large manufacturer in the uh, banking business, physical security, Diebold, and transitioned after I thought I knew everything after about 10 years. I figured I knew it all, so I started my own business, which goes on today to be very successful, but uh, did that for a while, got into the residential alarm business and was able to uh, get out of that at the right time with a lot of us uh, selling off the accounts and then transitioning to work for Honeywell on the manufacturing side. So you know, one of the things that brought to the table is the experience to know as a, you know, an integrator and then as a manufacturer and now here at Salient, the kind of pain points that, you know, our customers are going through, whether it's the end user, whether it's the, you know, security integrator, you know, the things of the days past where I remember one time I was talking to one of my bosses and I said, you know, we had a bad run of cameras at a company we won't talk about, but I said, you know, it's not just giving a brand new camera back to the integrator. He's got to go out there, hang it on a pole and, you know, get a, a bucket truck and things like that to get that up there. There's a lot of pain in that, in the, you know, the downtime and his reputation in front of the end users. So I think we've done an excellent job of trying to check all those boxes. It's salient. And I think that's one of the leading uh, positions that we really circle around in our company is that. We go into customers, we try to be a trusted advisor. And additionally, we really look at and tell them that it's not just the sale, it's not me coming in here and pitching a product, but it's the life after the sale. We have a long-term relationship with these clients. We have a lot of customers that have been customers for ours for 12, 13, 14 years since we rolled out version four and version five now today. And with literally tens of thousands of cameras deployed on their enterprise. So we realize that the points that they need to address on a daily basis and then support them within their organization, whether that's supporting them back to their HR department, making it easy for them to you know, access video that's uh, very important to them, to being able to handle it off to the legal departments, things like that. And then making sure that the product is safe, cyber secure, and very network friendly. So all of those things encompass all different parts of the the different ecosystems of the company and the ecosystems of the security industry as well. 
Well, uh, uh, the cybersecurity one is really interesting. Once you start talking about security being the tip of the spear, as Gary Gooden did at uh, uh, Seattle Children's, and it's uh, they're using much of that technology to create digital transformation within the company, within the organization. Once you do that, you're right. That whole ecosystem from the network to cybersecurity to being able to have it consumable by people other than security, all those things become very critical. Now, you were pivoting toward that before the pandemic. What are you seeing since then, um, since the pandemic? Are you seeing an acceleration or did you see a constraint in that pivoting? Well, it was interesting. So several things happened. So let's take one of the, one of the major aspects of our business is making sure that our integrators are quality trained on our product. In years past, you know, we're all familiar with brick and mortar training. You know, you put your technicians on your plane, you put your salespeople and do a, you know, a show and you lock them up in a room and you train them for a couple of days. Uh, you spend a lot of money on hotel rooms and they're out of pocket, things like that. We started to really listen to our customers and said, hey, your training is very affordable. Your training is very good, but is there any other way of us not actually physically having to attend a space? So, you know, you look at different things like building videos to train people. We had interactive uh, web portals that we would that actually ask you questions and things like that and check your answers. And that worked out really well for a little while, but then we ratcheted it up to the next level. We literally made it like we're just sitting in a room with an actual trainer right there with us. We built a virtual training course and uh, our trainers did an excellent job of this. Our IT staff did a great job of supporting them from the standpoint of standing up the servers and standing up the infrastructure. We have two of those facilities, one in Austin, Texas, and one out in Charlotte area, North Carolina. And literally they have racks of servers that when you have a trainer, uh, you have the trainer on site at that virtual center, when you set up 14 people to be trained, they can be all over the country, different time zones, et cetera, and literally log into these servers and get familiar with exactly how the product gets installed. And then literally the next day actually create an installation just like you were out on a job site. And it's transparent to the operator that's setting that all up that he's got that full access. And the, and the trainer is sitting right there watching all these monitors and making sure they're doing it correctly. And the interactions there, you got two-way audio, you know, so you've got all the things. So it gives you capability that, you know, they can be physically safe and especially with COVID, we escalated our training immensely over the last year because we reached out to our integrators and said, hey, you know, your, your sales are down a little bit, your installations are down a little, let's take advantage of this and let's get your teams trained up. And uh, that's what we did. So going back to your question, Ron, we were on the path, but obviously it, it really accelerated the growth of that type of uh, focus. Well, since you've done an incredible job on the training side, you've basically disrupted the old notion of what training is. Uh, manufacturers used to do the circuit with their integrators, and that was one of the main things. Is like you're not gonna you're not gonna get this level of program from us unless you get on a plane. And so you've digitally disrupted that. Uh, have you been able to do that with sales too? Have you been able to help them sell differently? So, you know, as, as a lot of the companies out there, you know, we all went to Zoom and go to meeting and WebEx and stuff and transitioned to that. And I think we did a very good job of that. Our marketing tar department did different, different categories of things like set up general web, uh, web uh, 
portals and go to meeting sessions and things like that with, you know, some different uh, information. We kind of looked outside the box. We talked about, you know, the business intelligence of our products and how we can incorporate that. We talked about how we have a very open technology and how we can incorporate analytics into the system and give you an advantage that, okay, you can't be in that facility. You might want to minimize the security officers in that site. So you want them to be be more reactive than, you know, than uh, be more reactive to certain situations than they might not know normally. Plus, you're, you're minimized on your, on your uh, manpower, you know, and you're worried about them being uh, in a situation where they could be affected by the pandemic. So those things, we really did a great job of educating customers on the different variances of the integrations we have with all our technology partners. And we partnered with a lot of our technology partners to co-sponsor different kinds of education processes to get that information out there over the web. We also accelerated our case studies. So we got back to a lot of the companies we'd been successful with and sat down with them virtually and you know, literally designed some information that would be very pertinent to customers in different verticals. And we looked at the verticals that we've been successful in and we made sure that when we were discussing with our product managers, what features and functionalities we really need to accelerate for those specific verticals. So we had a lot of time to strategize on those type, types of things and we really took advantage of that. So I'm really excited about that. One of the other things that comes into play with our product is our customer base. Is our customer bases were literally handcuffed to their corporate headquarters, uh, maybe remote locations where they couldn't visit their retail sites, things like that, because of typically putting people on planes to visit their sites, do audits of their stores. Uh, I'll name one retailer. I won't mention a name, but we had a retailer customer that has over 350 locations that they literally would put a set of auditors on a plane every week, send them out to their disparate stores, and they would literally do audits of everything from how products were marketed on the end caps to OSHA safety requirements, how things are stacked, how inventory levels are held, and auditing of you know shrinkage and shoplifting and also internal theft type applications. So they looked at all these different things, the condition of the stores. They went out in the first quarter and they said, we can't do that anymore. We're basically handcuffed. And they turned to our product and they literally gave client software to all these different auditors in their homes. They managed it with their IT department and they allowed them the ability to look into these stores and do virtual audits of the stores. Now, it's a big organization. They had a lot of overhead doing this in the past. They felt it was very vital to the success of their stores. They did this for one quarter. They actually asked me to come up to their corporate headquarters. We sat down in a meeting and they looked at me and they said, we couldn't have done what we had, what we've just done in our quarter without your product. And we have some inherent features and functionalities in our product and strategic advantages with the way we manage bandwidth. So that gave us a leg up. We do it very efficiently. They were able to look into these stores, do all of the assets, which actually they did is they sent their integrator out to add more cameras to stores because they had strategically more areas they wanted to audit and see things. They told me that they would never go back to the old way. So there won't be the old norm. They said they saved $500,000 to $600,000 a week in travel expenses. And if that's not enough, they took that money and they were so proud of their their, their clerks and operators in the stores, they gave that money to them. They gave all of their employees a raise. 
that were out in the field. So just to you know substantiate how much that meant to them that they're still facing the customers, they're frontline people. And uh, so that's just a real testimonial about how a customer, and we helped them transition through that. We worked side by side with the integrator to make sure that all went smooth. Um, and it's quite a, it's quite a success story. What a great story. Cause we only think of video, quite frankly, we only think is catching bad guys, you know, you know, and here you just streamline the regulatory function of an enterprise. That's amazing. Absolutely. Ron. I mean, it, you know, and it wasn't all me, trust me. I mean, it was a consortium of the end user really seeing, pushed up against the wall and saying, hey, maybe this will work. We've had sales guys telling us it would work, right? You know, so let's test them, right? And it, it really turned out well. And we have a lot of our other customers that have heard that story now. And, uh, you know, they're transitioning that because it's not that, uh, you know, it's not only about saving money, it's making more more efficient, but it's also keeping your employees safer as well. So the whole, the whole gambit really worked out well. That's terrific. You have any other stories and other vectors along those lines where you've moved from video surveillance and security to a, an operational function? So we have another customer that is in the logistics business and uh, they deployed our product about three or four years ago. And obviously the number one uh, functionality of the product was to minimize two things that they had they had a lot of damage with stock when forklifts would move around in their distribution centers and things like that. So to really be able to go back and easily identify where something might have been damaged. Additionally, they wanted to make sure, you know, shrinkage. They wanted to make sure that the product was loaded in the right truck because they have trucks show up at the end user or at the store and they don't have the inventory on them that allegedly was put in there. So they're able to go back and do those forensics on that. But one of the other things that they identified was the ability to go in and look at product. And this is a kind of an amazing story. We did a case study on it uh, where they were able to literally pick up a skid of product and put it in the truck. Now the truck, the, the skid, and I didn't know this in the, in the trucking business, but depending on the product, there's different costs to ship the product. And it can be very dramatic. Like regular clothes can be very cost effective, very cheap to ship the product. But guns and ammunition take a whole nother category and they're very expensive because of the auditing that has to be done and things like that. So these forklifts would literally pick up these boxes and put them on the truck and the forklifts integrated to the video would realize that that box that said clothing on it literally weighed like 600 pounds. Now there's no way that that, that, that box could weigh 600 pounds, right? So they go back and they're auditing and they find out it went to, and I'm just, you know, making an ammunition store. Now, you know, it wasn't closed, right? So they go back and they, they call the uh, customer and they say, hey, did you, you know, and then they take the shipper and they say, hey, this was, should have been categorized this. They realized a massive amount of extra revenue that was, that was well-deserved to them uh, that they were able to regenerate. They put in these systems for their first, I think, 12 or 14 locations. Their payback was nine months. Nine yeah. months on a major investment. And I mean, these are large systems with, you know, distribution bays of 25 to 60 to 100 different distribution bays. So a significant investment on, from, you know, a video standpoint, the integration, the cabling, et cetera, but a nine month payback on their investment and then going forward, very cost effective. So, well, yeah, and it doesn't even count the intangibles, which is they changed their business model. Oh, absolutely. And they're able to do, you know, we talk about being able to have analytics to check masks on, but they had, 
they were able to go back and audit, make sure that everybody had the right vest on, you know, be for safety requirements, because you don't want OSHA coming in and finding you for different compliance issues. You want to be ahead of that game. So they're able to really lock that down, make sure that the people that were supposed to be in certain areas were in those areas and people that weren't were. So, you know, that that's all the different types of things that were really incorporating and going back to your original message, it's not strictly security. It's not just worried about the guy jumping the fence, getting in. It's the people on the inside. So yeah, you, um, you mentioned, I'm always fascinated about how companies uh, one innovate and two, how they listen. They all claim they listen to their customers, but how they listen, how do they um, actually intuitively know when a customer is telling him something, even though it may not be a direct line. That is, they're not telling you to do X, they're telling you lots of different things around their problem, and that allows you to innovate and come up with something they maybe didn't expect, but definitely wanted to need it. How, how do you do that today? You know, I think we've done that from the beginning of me coming on board here, and I think it was going on even prior to that, our original founder and major investor, they've done a really good job of creating that kind of culture. Um, we don't have people that are just out there selling things. I don't call my, my team members salespeople. They're, they're trusted advisors. And what number one they do is they sit down with the customer and they, they learn about their pain points. Sometimes we can address those right out of the box. And sometimes we have to innovate new features and functionalities in the product. But Ron, because we're a software only manufacturer, that's really at the end of the day, we make a software video management software platform. That's it. That's all we do. We're laser focused on that. We're not building refrigerators and washing machines and all the other things. We're really laser focused on that. So we're able to go back to engineering and our product management team and say, hey, what if we could do this? Or how can we do this? Well, the functionality feature. And I literally have been in those meetings where the light bulbs go on above, you know, these different engineers and things, or I say the propeller starts spinning and they say, we can do it this way. And then we go back to the customer and say, Hey, if we could deliver this, not next week, but you know, six months or whatever in the next revision, would that, would that suffice? And sometimes we nail it. Sometimes we have to tweak it a little bit after the fact. And, and then another opportunity is don't forget when we, we offer that for that vertical, it may trickle into another vertical, but it might be very advantageous for a lot of different companies. So I think that's been our success is we really do a great job of listening. Uh, we have a lot of tribal knowledge about the industry and about technology. And at the end of the day, we've got great partners. I mean, we haven't done this all by ourselves. The technology partners that we work with side by side, whether it's a host of access control partners, whether it's the camera manufacturers from Axis to Hanwha, you name it, you know, Bosch, those guys out there, they're really innovative. They work side by side with us. You know, we've worked with Frederick. We've worked with Tom Cook over at Hanwha. We've integrated some of their analytics into our products. We've integrated a lot of cameras. We've done direct driver integration so we can take advantage of a lot of the functionality in the cameras and again, start to drive all those different business analytics and things. We've integrated point of sale information into our products so we can literally just type in a skew and look at the video that corresponds with that, you know, license plate recognition, all those things are coming into play and then trying to really, you know, move into new markets like marijuana market, which is starting to be very successful for us as well. The cannabis market, we are pretty much early adopters. I think it's been about 
six or seven years that we've been in that market. As you know, it's always growing, <laughs> no pun intended. And uh, we've done a lot of uh, a lot of case studies on that, a lot of marketing on that. Uh, so it's uh, worked out really well. We've got some resident subject experts that have kept up with all the different compliance and different requirements. Uh, so it's uh, it's ever ever changing, and uh, and we really try to keep ourselves educated on what we can do and how we can help the customer. Boy, I bet your uh, your logistics now DNA with that case study would apply to that cannabis market in a big yeah, way. Absolutely, you know the tracking in that is amazing. And absolutely, it, you know it's a it's it's a very interesting a very interesting market, and a lot of detail goes into raising a marijuana plant. You just don't throw it out in the backyard, so it's it's kind of neat. So. Absolutely. You know, one of the things you just brought up is that you've got some good technology partners and you mentioned hosted access is, um, do you really see that as the mainstream coming up now that will have hosted video, hosted access, hosted uh, video management systems? Are we seeing that going mainstream now? We're seeing a lot more of it in the access control, you know, with companies like Brevo and companies like Phoenix, which we've done integration with uh, Paul DePeso's company over at Phoenix. They've done an excellent job um, integrating to that. So we're seeing that transition. Don't forget, Ron, the access control world doesn't require as much data transfer as we do. The video, we suck up a lot of video, a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of transmission of throughput, you know, bandwidth still today. You know, we do a very good job of transcoding and reducing that amount of information. But if you want to push the the core video from the camera up to the cloud, you have to leave it in its native resolution and native state. So that requires a lot. Um, there's still, you know, some issues with, you know, uh, consistency and, you know, breakdowns of networks and stuff like that. And you lose a video, you lost a video, right? So you want to have it on site. You want to make sure that, you know, that integrity of that video is safe and secure. There's a lot of different uh, countries and things that require you to keep it in their country. You can't just move it up to the cloud intermittently outside of their data centers on their grounds. So geographic restrictions and things like that. So I think hosted video, although it's coming into its own, especially in smaller applications where you have, you know, anywhere from a three to nine camera location, maybe a C store, things like that. There's not compliance issues. Hey, if we lose a couple minutes of video, maybe we store it on the camera simultaneously, things like that. I think that's manageable today. Um, I think that, you know, as we as we go forward, it will migrate to that. I mean, there was people that never thought IP video. You look at back in the 90s and Access put out the, that document, the 10 myths of IP video and analog video. People said it would never happen. And look at today, how many analog cameras are being deployed? Virtually none, right? So. So the transition happens over time, even with the naysayers. So hosted video, as networks get more robust, 5G comes into play, uh, all the different things that come to more cost effective. You know, we're building out these data centers. It's unbelievable the amount of data centers. So the amount of storage that's coming into play, new compression technologies are coming into play. So you can, you can, you know, get a little bit better throughput. So eventually, I think we're still about five years out, you know, where you'll really see a maybe a 30-70 mix, you know, uh, maybe 50-50 mix, six or seven years. So, um, but it will happen. Also, one of the things I've been um, covering in the IT space, uh, and especially with digital transformation, uh, and many of the business analysts 
are saying it. I'm not hearing it just from uh, customers is the interface. We used to call, talk about GUIs in software development, graphical user interface. And they're saying VUIs are coming, voice user interfaces. And we see it in the consumer space with uh, Alexa and Siri and Cortana and others. Um, but we're also starting to see it in the enterprise application space where voice cuts through the complexity uh, that you would normally need to get to the data, especially in a sensor-driven world. Do you think audio will start being a technology partner of yours in, in the near future so we can have more real-time situational awareness where we have a complete view of the, the picture, which would be audio and video? Do you see that coming in the security space? Absolutely. I mean, there's always some, you know, compliance issues today with recording audio in different municipalities and states and things like that. There's a lot of companies that are doing it, you know, the in the in the security police market and stuff like that a lot of the activity is recorded just you know because it needs to be uh we have some you know retail customers at in their customer service areas they record it and they they post it and everything that they're doing audio recording uh we have some integration with different players that literally uh go out and and you know have threat level type audio recording based on, you know, certain sounds, noises, and, you know, impulse, like in stairwells and things like that to get that information out. Um, interaction with literally just talking to your screen or your iPad and being able to go back and say, I want to look for the red vehicle on Thursday the 4th. Those are in play today. There's out there, there's uh, analytic companies that have developed some, developed as some of that technology is very simple to, they're very similar to Google. You know, no different than talking to your phone and saying, hey, call my favorite restaurant, right? So uh, those things are coming into play and they're happening pretty quick. And I got to tell you, Ron, they're pretty accurate. It's amazing what they can do. So, you know, the processing power that these servers have today and the GPU acceleration and the analytics and the quality of video, it's, it's moving at the speed of light. There's no doubt about it. So that'll be transitioned in. It'll be much more innovative. It'll be much more user-friendly for that operator, that security officer sitting in front of bank of cameras. Um, and we'll be able to push more of that information out in real time. So it's, you know, much more proactive versus being reactive. I mean, you know, realizing that I came from an industry that was film cameras that migrated to VCRs and then DVRs, and now we have MVRs, you know, there's been a major transition, but um, the technology is always changing. And I think that uh, what you'll see in two or three years will amaze all of us. Well, wouldn't that be interesting if one day Chris and I are talking in a great conversation and he's saying we're now a video, audio and <laughs> video and audio management system. That, that That's a whole new acronym, isn't it? Right, right. You know, I think at the end of the day, you know, a lot of the applications, you know, around 95% of the video is never even viewed, right? You know, it's just, it's just archived. And unless there's an incident, then, you know, nobody really goes back and looks at it, just assumes everything is good. But with these new analytics able to really deep dive and look at abnormalities and different exceptions, and then be able to push that information so you can spend, you know, 10 minutes looking at 24 hours of video and just look at the things that are important to you is going to make a huge difference in the way you run your business every day. So, well, you can see why I thought we could have a great conversation. Uh, and uh, Chris, I look forward to future conversations with you, maybe your customer base, maybe your resellers looking forward to really understanding 
dynamically uh, how video management systems are going to evolve over time, uh, because I love the way you're innovating today with your customers. Thank you again, Chris. Thank you, Ron. Take care.